You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome back to Legends Live as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. This is the home of all the NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind all our viewers, you can submit questions to be answered during the show. Without further ado, I'll get to our, our guest today. He is a former Charlotte Hornet, a former Wake Forest Demon Deacon. He is Baltimore's finest. We've got Muggsy Bowes with us today. What's up, T? What's up, Muggsy? How you feeling, man? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. Can't complain. How, how's quarantine treating you? You looking good. How you feeling? Well, I'm good. I'm good. We're just getting over. You know, my son had a wedding, you know, last couple okay. weeks. So we getting through that. Fortunate enough, we got through it. And uh, we were safe. I only had a few people in attendance. But uh, it was a beautiful wedding. And, again, back home, just doing my thing again, staying away from everybody and trying to maintain safety like, you know, we all practicing. I, I hear you. <laughs> Now, I saw just recently this Labor Day, uh, the Muggsy Bowes Foundation had something going on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the Muggsy Bowes Family Foundation. I mean, Labor Day, we just went out and, and, and created a campaign called it Labor of Love, where we wanted to feed the community. Uh, we mm. took 20 families and uh, thankful for the partners that we had, uh, the Charlotte Harvest Center, uh, Charlotte Mission, uh, Rescue Mission, as well as the Goodwill and Dove Nest. They came out and helped participate. And we created uh, a kit for, for the families. My wife, uh, she's a chef. Uh, she cooked some hot meals for them. Uh, we also put uh, gas cards and uh, gas and grocery gift cards in there for the week. Some inspirational uh, books appropriate for the appropriate ages for the kids. Right. You know, just to keep their spirits going and keep them, um, you know, and feel like they can be able to, you know, have some resources knowing that someone out there thinking about them, you know, during this particular time. So we call it the little label of love and we want to go out there and then try to provide that type of service for those families. That's beautiful, man. How long have y'all had that that going on? That's a lovely service. Well, it's a foundation that, you know, we have ongoing. You know, we create scholarship for our vocational students. And uh, and that's one of the few programs that's in the nation. So we try to make sure we bring awareness to that uh, because a lot of folks are really focused on the IT kids. Uh, right. But, you know, so many kids that have aspirations, man, to still working with their hands and want to be plumbers. Definitely. Yeah, as well as roofers. And so we're trying to give them um, resources and uh, take some pressure off the parents uh, financially and give them um, a means of, you know, financial where they can go and, and continue to uh, pursue their dreams. Absolutely. Like you said, we'll always need plumbers. We'll always need heat and venting, air conditioning working. So that, that that's a great program. Appreciate it. Of course. Uh, now, I will say you, I feel like you're known mostly for Space Jam, but I think <laughs> per personally. I think your best acting work was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> did you get Did you get an Emmy for that? Did they ever get get back to you on that one? I tell, I was waiting for one. I was waiting. Yeah, for one. I, think, I had a great time working with uh, uh, Larry David and, and, and Rich, Richard Lewis. I mean, they were some funny guys. I mean, when I got the call to come out there, and when they explained the scene, I thought like, oh, I'm the perfect guy for that. 
Right. And uh, <laughs> getting out there, uh, having working with them, man, it was fun. I had a good time doing that. Appreciate you bringing that up. Oh, of course. <laughs> How did that even come about? Like, who reached out to you? Just get a call from from Larry David or HBO or? Yeah, they they called my agent and uh, okay. they called my agent and uh, and my agent called me and said, "You ain't gonna believe it. I got uh, Larry David on the phone. He wants to speak." I'm like, "Larry David? I didn't even know who Larry David was." <laughs> right. <laughs> Guy from Seinfeld. I said, oh, Seinfeld. I watched that because I watched Seinfeld relentlessly. Mm-hmm. So I got a chance to talk to him, and he explained everything to him. And uh, and at the time, you know, I, I, my mom was going through some changes, you know, with uh, with her health, and mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go. Uh, but she convinced me to go ahead and and go do the shoot anyway. And um, I went on and did it, and I wound up being a good shoot, and I enjoyed doing it. You looking to do any more acting? What's what's next? Uh... What are we gonna catch you in next? No, uh, you know, I'm not really looking forward to doing no acting. You know, I'm just thankful that I get some calls to go do whatever, you know, cameos that I get called for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am working on the Muggsy Bogue story. And, okay. Uh, yeah, so we're working on the Muggsy Bogue story, and, you know, uh, we'll see how that all unfolds. Uh, right now, it's in, it's in the works. Who, who's playing Muggsy? Are you you gonna play yourself? Or are you gonna who you who you calling to play Muggsy? No, 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 no. Actually, we ain't got to that point yet where we casting. Um, so once we get to that point, I'm definitely ain't gonna play myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have somebody uh, probably take that part. Uh, but I might, I might make a cameo though. I don't know. You got to. <laughs> but we'll see how that. Is. I got a grandson that's uh, that fits the perfect bill of Muggsy. Oh, there you go. That's young Muggsy right there. Yeah, absolutely. Now I do have to ask, before we get to some of our viewer questions uh, in a couple minutes, Bridget backstage. I had to ask this for her. I had to. Now, do you have a favorite block uh, block shot of yours, and why was it the time you blocked Patrick Ewing? Why was it that one? <laughs> well, that's what she said, Patrick. Well, I have a few other blocks, but Pat Pat is the one that always stands out because I guess being the, the seller that he is and the Hall of Famer that he is that. You know, uh, that gets a lot more attention. But that was a good block. I let him know that it, right after I did it, he was going to highlight them. I let him know that right then and there. You said you had a couple other favorites. What are some of your favorite blocks? Well, they were just short blocks where you get, you know, you had one on a little Reggie Miller and a little thing. But they, you know, the blocks are going up, Pooh mm-hmm. Richardson and all those stuff. It still counts, man. Yeah, they still count. They do still count. <laughs> now, you've been watching, you keeping up with the playoffs, any? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm an average fan, advocate. So who do you have as the favorite so far? What are you what are you seeing in the playoffs? Well, you know, teams have changed since they got to the bubble. Hmm. Um, but you know, you just gotta credit the teams that have stepped up. You know, Toronto, you gotta give them credit for putting themselves in a situation where they call the game seven, hmm. uh, because they felt like, you know, Boston felt like they had the momentum, but now anything can happen. You know, those guys got championship pedigree so they're not going out without a fight and what you get you know clippers are playing well uh you gotta look and see how they playing pg is a little up and down but still mm-hmm. overall they are playing well and lakers you know ad and and lebron but at the end of the day i got yeah who, who's your favorite who did who's playing in the finals in the finals you know i i had toronto in the finals but it's 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 something about this year, you know, Siakam. So it may wind up being the Celtics against the Clippers. Okay. Celtics, that'd be a good series. Who do you think wins that one? You know, for some reason, Kimba, you know, he's due. 
Okay. And, uh, he's possibly could possibly, you know, put the team on his shoulders, even though Jalen and Jalen Brown and Tatum are the guys, but Kemba is that, that kind of super weapon for me. I think he may get the job, get the job done. That Charlotte connection. You are keeping it in the family there. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say with the change in between, like the way the game was played when you played and now, do you think your game fits better back then? You think it fits better now? Like the benefit, like you would have the ball in your hand and so much spacing around you guys shooting three. How do, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, you just pretty much alluded to it, the spacing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's we had nobody could camp in the lane anymore. I mean, right. not only you can't hand check anymore. Uh, so with all that said, I think, you know, the opportunity for me would have been great, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that I can be able to get by my man at any time and, and then having the shooters that's out there that we have today, right. I mean, it, it seemed like it will be a nice little field day. But, you know, my era, you know, I never discredit that because that's where, you know, the game for me and where I always see was the better the better version of it because, mm. you know, you had that physicality that you couldn't escape from. Right. And it allows you to keep growing in terms of wanting to get better and wanting to stay in that gym and to take on those type of hits and those type of uh, – you know, bumps that you bumps and bruises that you had to take from going to big guys. But you know, I loved the game back then. You know, I always will pick that era over the era today because that was the era I grew up in. Of course, yeah. <laughs> do you do you like watching the game now? I know some of the former players, some of them uh, you know, think it's too many threes. They wanted to go more old school. Some of them love the new threes. Where where do you fall on it? You know, I love the game. You know, I'm a yeah. fan of the game, you know, because it's a trend, it's always a trend, and everybody knows that the NBA is a trend. Right. Um, where whichever team that won that year before teams like to kind of emulate that. Um, it's just like when we was playing, everybody had to match up to the two guard, which was Michael Jordan. So right. everybody had a six, six, two guard, so forth. So, but the game has changed again. Uh, you got seven footers bring the ball up today where our seven footers was playing with their back towards the basket. Definitely. And uh, so the skill set has changed. Um, um, the game has changed open become more the three point become more of a focal point. Uh the skill set, like I said, has changed tremendously. Um so I'm enjoying the game. It's a lot more scoring. It's less defense, but playoff time they pick it up a little bit. But I'm loving right. it. I'm loving what I'm saying. Who are some of your favorite players to watch now? You know, I'm always gonna be a Stephen Curry fan, Chris Paul. You know, I right. love Wes Brooks, the uh Kyle Lowry and you know mm-hmm. I just love the game. LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, Paul I mean you can go list goes down. I just love the game. I love the guys. You know, it's one, not one particular player that overshadows. You know, I'm always going to be a little more biased towards Steph. Right. He's more, you know, a little more partial as a kid. Me and Dale spent 11 years together. Um, But I like, you know, him and Seth at both. But I love the game. I love to watch the guys. Now, uh, God, you're talking about the seven-footers doing some of everything. What would you say to a guy like Giannis now, who like just won another, is about to be MVP, but they just took one on the chin, took a hard loss in the second round. What do you say to him like this offseason? Well, get back in the gym. You know, he know he got some flaws. Mm-hmm. He know he got some things that he need to work on. Uh, get back in the gym and just keep working on it. Uh, Giannis, is, uh, I love his game. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, I had an opportunity to just really get to know him and be around him, and he's such a great person. So I know – how much he he wants to be better, wants to be the best. He just continued to get back in the gym. He showed uh, signs of shooting the three 
a little bit this year. Um, but again, it's going to take a little more repetition, a little more rep, a little more confidence, a lot more confidence to believe in that that's your shot. Right. Uh, and in uh, the free throws, you know, I think he needs to, he, he's all arms. I wish he could use his legs a little more. You know, come up on them toes. Come up on your toes. Come up on them toes every time you shoot. Uh, but I have no doubt what he's going to do off off season. He's going to work. Right. He's going to work. He's going to get better. He's going to see the things that he know the things he needs to get better at and work on that. You know, hopefully he remains in Milwaukee um, mm-hmm. because that's the you know that's the sticking point. Everybody has seen like anybody run and jump join those teams in order for you to elevate. But knowing him, I think he's a loyal guy. He's the type of person that he wants it where he is. And I hope right. that he's in Milwaukee and bring it to Milwaukee. Hmm. Now you played in some, some classic old uniforms and we'll get to some of the viewer questions. What's your favorite old uniform? Cause the old bullish jersey uh, uniforms were good. The old Hornets are classic. What do you have an old favorite? Well, you know, that, that pinstripe is something. Yeah. yeah. That pinstripe. Yeah, we, we was the first with that pinstripe. Then we had the pleats with the, with the pinstripe and the shorts. That was. Yeah, I think the shorts was what made it. Yeah, you know, and of course they were shorty shorts, you know. Yeah. You know we did, shorty shorts, we showing a little more legs back then. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that that those those always stand out, Those that, that uniform right there. Yeah, I, I think Charlotte, that, that's one of the all-time, the old starter jackets, the old jerseys. Yeah break out the teal or, or the purple so they i think charlotte definitely a great choice there yeah so we'll jump to a couple of questions let's see what we have here what do we have bridget as far as the questions first one man i'm not mm-hmm. even gonna try to say your name i don't even want to disrespect you like that but i will ask you a question uh yes who did you learn from the most from your nba teammates who did i learn the most from my most nba te- well at the beginning it was Moses Malone and Daryl Walker, mm-hmm. you know, because when I first got to the Washington Bullets, those was my my vets. Right. You know, they taught me the do's and don'ts um, about how to conduct yourself, how to keep bettering yourself. And and at that stage, you know, you, you know, you kind of, you know, you anxious. You want to be, you right. know, you're being drafted highly. You know, you want to be out there. But things kind of have to take take time. And, you know, and I was – Given that time and you know, given that information, how to you know keep bettering yourself, and I think that allowed me to play the 14 years that I did. Mm-hmm. You know, without those guys' information, you know, that leadership that they kind of instilled in me early on, I probably would have chicken with my I probably would have been a little chicken with my head cut off, just trying to find a way. <laughs> just running know. around. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it, it always helped when you had some true vets giving you that true information. You know, Definitely. true information to allow you to understand the business side of the of the game, and that's what I was. That's what I, I took from it. So, next question we've got from Bask is in here. So, who has the worst trash talk that you played against? <laughs> who was yeah, the GP, worst? GP is the one. <laughs> GP is always going to be at the top because you know that was his game. He liked to talk. You know, and you love where you know because he coming from a good place though. Right, but he that that's what he does. He want to bring that out of you because that's schoolyard basketball. Right, you know? and uh, and when that happens, you know you love to give it right back. I was I, I love asking that question. I feel like every single time GP is always he's always mentioned. Yes, because at the point guard position, even though he plays some two guard, 
But mm. the poor brother just nest, you know, that was that was his thing. You know, he, right. that's what got him going and that's what elevated his game. So we got to join in because that's that's where it all started on the streets. Right, right. Let's see what next question we have from Evil ESPN. What's the memories you have playing in Toronto at the beginning of Insanity? Oh, my goodness. Some great memories. I mean, because that was the tail end of my career. And um, but it came to a it came a time where we had a lot of veterans mixed in with the young guy, the Vince Sanity they talking mm-hmm. about. Um, with Tracy McGrady at the same time, Alvin Williams. And uh, so myself, Doug Christie, um, Charles Oakley, Del Curry, Antonio Davis, and Kevin Willis, we kind of made that team and mixed that team into where we was able to make the playoff for the very first year of uh, Toronto, uh, the 2000 year. And playing there, the fans were unbelievable supportive. Unbelievable supportive. And you remember that and you know how you know, coming to the arena, how loud they were. Right. And and at the time, you know, you didn't respect that from Canadians because you thought that was a <laughs> type of town. Right. And knowing that they was all educated in the game of basketball really stood out. And it created a lot of pros now mm-hmm. the NBA because you got about 15 Canadians that's playing Definitely. The right now. Definitely. Yeah, they've got Jamal Murray, Shea yeah. Gilgis Alexander. Like, they've got some very nice young players coming mm-hmm. out of Canada. Wiggins. Wiggins, yeah, uh, R.J. Barrett, a few more. Lord Joseph. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else we got here, Bridget? Let's see. Mitch Fletch says, what's Muggsy's take on the new Space Jam? <laughs> well, my take on the new Space Jam, I'm, I'm interested. I'm excited to see it. I want to see what's going to happen with it. And because my thing is that, you know, we saved the planet. I right. want to know what's going to happen with them. What they going right. to take. Yeah, well, what can you do after after y'all save the planet? What's left? Yeah, y'all have universe soon. I don't know what's. what's I mean, <laughs> what's next? So I'm, I'm interested to see what they come up with. Let's see. Okay, another Space Jam was Swagonski says, "What was your favorite Space Jam experience?" <laughs> Offset. <in the> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Well, the, uh, well, the cleans one, uh, just playing cards, playing cards with the guys, mm. you know, having fun playing cards. Yeah, Space Jam, man, we had so much fun on set. Uh, you know, LJ was supposed to get, he got a haircut. We were supposed to have a shoot that morning. He wound up getting this bold cut. This white guy never could have cut a black guy hair before. He gave LJ a pose the bold cut. We had to cancel the shoot that morning. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all just can't even do, postpone. Yeah, yeah, he ain't going on camera with that cut. No, absolutely not. Yeah, but we had a great time on that, boy. We had a great time on the set. What the? What kind of cards was y'all playing, man? I know y'all had some serious games going. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, you're going to play a little poker, a little blackjack, you know. It's a little, a little, a little games going on, boy. It gets, it gets tight, a little in between. You know, games get a little, a little – I, I, they probably get heated. I can see them getting a little heated. Yeah, they get expensive. The more heated, they, just, <laughs> <laughs> they don't get heated. They get expensive, boy. Yeah. So who was the one always trying to – who was taking everybody's money? Who was dominating the cards? No, I'm gonna, I ain't, ain't, ain't going to share that. I ain't okay. going to okay. share who's who. I'm, I'm going to leave that. That's gone. I just shared the information that we played cards. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Gonkis, yeah, he said, you know, Mike don't mess around when he comes to the cards. <laughs> Mike's very serious about those cards. <laughs> Let's 
Let's see. We got one from For Your Eyes. What motivated you day to day and long term? Well, doubters, the naysayers, mm-hmm. you know, folks not believing, folks that uh, that set their mind on something, you know, they look at the negative side of it, what they think the negative side of it, mm-hmm. to where, you know, they have no control of it. But me, you know, I focus always on the positive and look at the bright side, especially when it comes to me. I know who I am, you know, I know no one can control me, my destiny besides myself. And, right. and I look and I love that person and that reflection that I see through that mirror. So, you know, that's, that's the given right there. And so I, I have no qualms or no means of going forward, but those are the ones that motivate you the most. Hmm. Let's see. I want from Sweet Lou here. Said, have you discussed the lack of home court advantage in the bubble? Yeah, what do you make of that as a former player? Just how there's no home court advantage. And Sweet Lou mentioned the Toronto atmosphere, uh, which we're clearly missing this year, like some of those home court advantages. So, what, what do you make of that? Yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of teams are missing that home court advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they don't realize that sixth man, which is the fans. They right. bring so much to the game, so right. much to the game. Sometimes guys go to the game where they not even wanting to play, but the fans, the noise, the excitement that they continue, the culture that they create, it gets them going. It brings that extra adrenaline. Uh, so they miss that dearly. And But yeah. down in the bubble, just the guys got to rely on each other. Yeah. You know, the teammates, you know, the so little virtual fans, the virtual fans that you have, you got to rely on all of that. You know, yeah. because that's your supporting cast right now. And you can see it affect some teams has – does well with it as opposed to others. You know, look, Milwaukee never recovered from it. You know, it seemed like they stayed in that situation the whole time. And other teams right. is rallying behind it. Miami, look, you know, they, they showed up and they playing lights out. Yeah. Um, Toronto, you know, I know they missed that Jurassic Park. You know, the fans yelling out there and, and inside as well. But they showed up. They showing yeah. up. You know, they got championship pedigrees in those guys. They're not going out without a fight. Definitely. Definitely. We got a couple more questions here. One from Timothy. Timothy said, which retired player would be a problem both on and off the court if they were playing in a bubble? So who's trouble on the court and off the court if y'all were in the bubble? Who's trouble? For me? Who's a who, I, player would be a problem? Yeah, I said, which retired player? I don't I don't know if he means off the court. Like, they're trying to get you back into playing some of those expensive card games. They're trying to get you out. <laughs> Yeah, on the golf course, take some of your money. Oh, in the well, I tell you what, well, let me see which retired player would be a problem both on and off the court if they were playing in the well, of course, MJ would be a, a nightmare for them guys in the <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. right now for okay. sure. So, on and off the court, I would say he would be a nightmare for those guys in the bubble. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like he's, he's got to be the, the one that. If he comes around the corner, nobody wants to see him come around the corner with the, the deck of cards in his hand. <laughs> see, I think we got one more here from ODG. He said, was there a time on or off the court that somebody was messing with you and Oakley stepped in and, and Oak stepped in? <laughs> My big fella, Oak. Well, you know, man, Oak, Oak and I played with each other in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And um, it, 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 I can't. I'm trying to think if it ever been time someone kind of came up to me and big fella had to step in. I'm quite sure it happened. I'm quite <laughs> sure it happened. 
because you know that's my dad, that's my dog dad. You know, we yeah. got to the back. And you know, one thing about oh, he's loyal to his yeah. teammates, uh, to his friends, you know, and uh and that's what real is it was all about. You know, real always recognize real. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the realest you ever want to be around. I was gonna say, I know uh if it was if it was somebody messing with you, I know Oak wouldn't wouldn't put up with that for too long. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> And one last question we've been asking our legends before we let you out of here. What are you listening to now, Muggsy? We're trying to put together like a playlist. Give me a song or two. What's what's uh, what are you listening to? Either around the house, in the car, at the gym, whenever. Well, you know, I, I don't know why Pop Smoke is on my on, okay. It, it's, it's just in my ear right now. It's it's okay. always I and mean, I'm always you know it's yeah. Uh, and no, it make your shoulders move a little bit. Yeah, yeah, your little shoulder. You know, it makes you move a little bit. So. He's definitely on me, but then I always gotta, you know, for me when I'm relaxing low back, I gotta put my temptations okay. tension on. You know, okay. my slow grooves is always gonna take place with me at night. But during the day on the golf course, you know, I, I got my hip hop on. I got my, my you know, my offset and all that, my drag. I got all okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, give us as many songs as you wanna give us. We we getting the whole whole <laughs> playlist. We getting a couple songs from everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so that's you know we're gonna have it. That's that's those are my those are my my guys right there, you know. So you know, if, and then you know, right foot up, left foot slide. Yeah, we all the tussie. We do it. Okay. Too. Yeah, you you be tapping your toes out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little tit tat. Little tit tat. <laughs> all right, Muggsy. Thank you so much, man. We won't hold up too much of your time. Again, this is Muggsy Bowes, the Charlotte Hornet legend, Demon Deacon, Baltimore's finest. Muggsy, thank you so much for joining us, man. See, appreciate you, man. Enjoy it, man. Appreciate you having me. Continue yes, sir. Everybody. Of course. Thank you, sir. My man. All right. That'll do it this week for Legends Live. As always, new episodes live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. You can catch us on the NBA Alumni, the Twitter page, the Facebook, the YouTube, as well as the Twitch. And I'd like to remind our viewers, you can watch the replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live. Oh, my God.